I felt like that too with female friendships where, you know, I had just evolutions of female friendships where I would be super close with people and they'd be like my sister and we'd be hanging out all the time. And I'd be like, I love you so much. You're going to be at my wedding and all of that. And then they'd break my heart or I'd break their heart. And I just felt like the female friendship wound and Lindsay and I have felt like this is so deep and so harmful. And it just hurts, you know, to be in these deep, intimate relationships with women and then have your heart broken. Looks like you've officially entered the group chat with your best friends. My name is Ali Pantucci, and this is the Unfiltered Podcast, the place where we leave the heavily filtered world of social media to talk about anything and everything uncensored. From personal wellness to entrepreneurship, spirituality, sex, surviving breakups, and hilarious girl talk in between, this is the space for important conversations that women should be having with their best friends. So pour yourself a glass of whatever makes you feel good, sit back and join me as I navigate adulthood with real, unfiltered conversations. Hello. Hello. I'm so excited. We've talked for like 10 minutes and I know <laughs> to like actually record and talk. <laughs> I know. I always laugh at that because I'm like, I always do this fake hello. And I'm like, we've actually been talking for like 20 minutes and we haven't started recording. Um, but I'm so excited to have you on the show. I feel like anyone who listens to podcasts, especially women, which is most of the people who listen to my podcast are familiar with you and, you know, both of you guys and almost 30. I mean, you're a pretty big staple <laughs> in terms of like being an online community for women. And you guys have built something really awesome that I resonate with. So to say that I'm fangirling a little bit is an understatement. Well, you're um, playing it cool because it's been like, yeah, it feels thanks. like we're, we're friends already. <laughs> so you're playing it really cool. I'm trying. I'm trying. But it's also a really cool um, – I mean, I'm sure you guys felt this when you started your show. For me, it feels natural. I'm like, I know I want to do this. And when I did season one, I went through major burnout. And it was kind of like this zigzag of like wanting to talk about all these things. And I got fully burnt out after 50 episodes. And now that I'm coming back with like clear direction, lots of energy, and a a deep knowing that like I will have one of the biggest podcasts in the world. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just like a deep knowing, like I'm sure you guys knew that when you were recording, you just felt like I had, I'm going to do this. We're going to do this. My mind is like, I want all these huge guests. And the girl helping me book my podcast is like, let's get some small ones too. And I'm like, big ones. (laughs) So when I, the bigger, the better. And they're like, who are you? I'm like, doesn't matter. It's fine. Just keep trying. Uh, You'll be back. Yeah, you'll, I'll just be like that little fly. I'll be like, I'm back. Um, but when I saw your name come through, I was like, shut up. They actually want to come on the show. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> so. I mean, I know what it's like to do the podcast grind and to start and have this passion. And I love podcasting so much because it's so genuine and true. Like people that yeah. podcast have a genuine desire to connect with people and listen and learn. And for us too, I remember at the beginning we would pitch big guests and you know they would all say no. And eventually a lot of them have come on and become friends, but it all, and it's like the most corny and annoying thing, but it all happens in the right time. Like a totally. lot of the guests that we pitched and said, no, I was, our beginning interviews are hilarious. We actually did a <laughs> podcast episode where we listened to our first episode we weren't saying anything, but words were coming out of our mouth. It was the craziest thing I've ever heard. It you was cringe so, we so much. We were cringe. It was just disgusting. <laughs> so 
we, I'm grateful, you know, I'm so grateful for the people that said no and eventually said yes, or even the people that said no, because there have been times where we've pitched people that we've been really connected to and they said no, and then something happened or something happened with them, or we kind of saw a different side of them. And we've been like, Oh shoot. Like, I'm actually really glad that we didn't have them Mm. on the show because we actually realized they're not a fit and they're not connected. So just trusting in the process, which I know that you're doing. And then I just wanted to say about you taking time off. Like I think for all of your listeners and for people that are tuned in, it is so important to allow your life to evolve and to grow. And I think sometimes we're like, okay, I'm doing a podcast And it means I have to do it for the rest of my life. And I have to have it be this part of me. And, you know, we think about our dream life and we think about the way that we want to live in our dreams. And it could involve a podcast or it could involve the podcast as like a stepping stone to you being a speaker, a teacher, an author, whatever it is. And I think when we listen to our intuition and give ourselves a break, it is like one of the most beautiful things because that's when we really can lose ourselves when we're just pushing and we're just doing and we're burning ourselves out. And I think totally so many women burn themselves out now. Yeah. And also if you're creating a product where, and I feel like this is why I felt really in alignment with you because mm-hmm. my one-liner, my mission statement, something that I always felt true with, to with the podcast was important conversations that women should be having with their best friends. Yeah, And why I actually tried to start this podcast in 2018 <laughs> and I had, I was fresh out of a breakup mm. and I was in the Instagram world. I'm like, I want to have a, a podcast called unfiltered and take everything offline and just be super mm-hmm. real. And I had one of my best friends who is an amazing relationship coach come sit in my kitchen. We recorded an episode. I knew nothing about podcasting. And in the first week, it got 600 downloads. And I come from the Instagram world. So I'm like, 600 downloads? Imposter syndrome sucks. No one wants to hear from um, from me. I have nothing important to say. This is so embarrassing. What am I doing? Mm-hmm. And I let that episode stay online until halfway through the pandemic. And I was sitting at a table with Kelsey, who I recorded episode one with, who has done a multiple episodes with me now. I was sitting at this dinner table. And for the first time in my life, I had become part of a group of friends with such incredible women. And I'm sitting at this table and I'm like, you are moms, you're entrepreneurs, you're business owners, you are all these incredible things. And we're sitting at a table and it's like, not competitive. How can I support you? Um, Can I give advice on this? How are you doing this in your business? But it's also about spirituality and someone's sleep paralysis and someone having a one night stand with someone and this person's dick and this person's that. And I'm sitting there laughing because I'm like, this is the epitome of girl talk. Mm -hmm. And how lucky am I that I get to have this now? And how sad that I didn't get to experience this until my early Mm thirties. So it kind of came to me in that moment. I was like, this is it. Mm -hmm. How can I replicate these conversations that maybe women don't get to have with other people or their friends or their family, and they can sit in and feel like they're hanging out with us and they're talking. And that's how the podcast was like, it was reborn. Um, So yeah, I did 50 episodes in season one, but towards the end, I was like, I actually don't know what I'm talking about anymore. It's not feeling authentic and I'm tired. 100%. Yeah. 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 Thinking about (laughs) how much content we consume and how much everyone does, like people do so much. And I think in this world, especially with social media, it's like people are content creators. They have side hustles. They have full-time jobs. They're moms, especially women, their best friends, their sisters, their 
you know, helping out their neighbor down the street and you can really just stretch yourself thin. But Mm -hmm. I felt like that too with female friendships where, you know, I had just evolutions of female friendships where I would be super close with people and they'd be like my sister and we'd be hanging out all the time. And I'd be like, I love you so much. You're going to be in my wedding and all of that. And then they'd break my heart or I'd break their heart. And I just felt like the female friendship wound and Lindsay and I have felt like this is so deep and so harmful. And it just hurts, you know, to be in these deep intimate relationships with women and then have your heart broken. So to have healthy relationships now in my thirties is like one of the greatest gifts in my life. But I can have even imposter syndrome with my friends. You know, I'm like you where I have very powerful, rich, beautiful, successful, smart, you know, all of these things, friends, and even times I'll be with them. And sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, am I like cool enough to be here? Am I good enough to be here? Am I smart enough to be here? Am I making enough money? And so just offering that for people, because I'll have people comment a lot and say, you know, I just really want your friend group. I want to be with your friend group. And Mm. it's something where you have to expand or have the confidence to have the type of friends that you seek. And you really are a reflection of those people. So if I wasn't in a place where I felt good about my life, good about what I had to offer most of the time, then I'd not be able to attract the type of relationships and friendships that I'm in where I have women that support me and love me and really see me for who I am. Yeah. And I think it's so awesome being on the internet now as much as I hate being on the internet now Mm because, you know, there's all this negativity and you can get sucked down a rabbit hole and there's politics and there's a lot of draining things out there. But on the flip side, there's actually the fact that we have like such easy access to information that can change and better our lives that look at like just dealing with something like mental health. Our parents' Mm -hmm. generation didn't have that. Mm Mm-hmm. So just having access to be able to understand ourselves better and have access to tools and resources to make changes in our lives is so incredible. And I feel like a lot of the times we're focusing on how to have better relationships in a romantic sense. But I think sometimes like what we forget is that when you're learning about boundaries or when you're learning about what you want as a human so you can show up better for your partner or whatever it is you're learning to like call in a better romantic partnership – that's not just for a romantic partnership. That's Mm -hmm. you in every single one of your relationships with your family. Yeah. Cause sometimes that feels really sticky. Like I haven't had boundaries with my family and now I'm 30 and I'm like, you can't talk to me that way. I'm not participating. (laughs) And it's the same thing with friendships. Mm -hmm. How do you make these little tweaks in your life? And sometimes we think maybe it's easy with partners because we have a new one, but we have this existing crew of people in our lives. And now we're we're ha- we have to reshape them sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how can, like you're saying, how can you be a part of that group of friends or say that you want something, but you don't actually act in alignment with that on your own? Yeah, I think it's huge. And I remember saying a few years ago um, where I was like, I want true intimacy in my relationships. And for a lot of my life and for a lot of relationships, and I see this happen a lot, especially with the internet where people are like, I love you so much. You're my sister. You mean everything to me. I would do anything for you. All of these things and say all of this stuff. But when push came to shove and when there was a little friction in the relationship, when there had to be a boundary, when there had to be a conversation about what someone said or how someone treated you or how you felt or your emotions or your feelings, then the relationship would rupture or break. And I think this happens a lot within female friendships where they actually don't survive the friction or the true intimacy. 
And I'll notice that with my relationships where you kind of have the honeymoon period with friends, just like you Mm -hmm. do in relationships where you're like obsessed with them. You're like, oh, I love them so much. Like you only see the good in them. And then you're friends with someone for a really long time and you really get to know them on a deep, intimate level. And that means the parts of them that maybe you don't love or agree with or you know, find to be the most attractive or exciting, but it's really coming to a place where you can love and accept those friends and see them as they are. And so I've really made it my commitment to my circle of friends to be deeply intimate. And that means being really honest. And that means being there for hard conversations. And that means being there for the friction. And that means being there for when um, the parts of us come up that aren't the most beautiful, that aren't like amazing, you know, when we're feeling left out or we're feeling insecure or we're feeling imposter syndrome or we're feeling these things, you know, using the imposter syndrome as an example, it is intimacy. If I'm telling my friends like, oh my gosh, you guys, I'm feeling not good enough for our friend circle today. Like, just so you know, I feel like you guys are also successful and beautiful. And I don't really feel like that. I'm letting people in vulnerably on my experience so they can treat me and support me in the way that feels best for our relationship. So I can give them the opportunity to really love and support me. So I feel like my hope and wish for people is to really allow themselves to be seen and felt and heard in a true intimate way, not just in like a girl bossy, like goddess circle way where you're kind of trauma bonding and just like word vomiting, but not not actually (laughs) building true intimacy. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, to like add to that, having friends that are like my friends know that there is an understanding, like a mutual agreement that we call each other out when something needs to be called yeah. out. And that's not in like an attacking way. It's like, hey, this isn't really working right now or I'm noticing this behavior. Like, And it it doesn't come from a threatening place because you know that we're, we're going to kind of hold each other to this standard. Mm-hmm. And some of my best friendships have gone through the ringer. Like mm-hmm. some of my best friendships, we've not talked for a while. Um, we've got into nasty fights. We have just like we've we've gone to bat. Like it's mm-hmm. some of my friendships have really gone through it. But now we're in a place where we couldn't actually be the friends that we are now if we mm-hmm. either threw that away or if we didn't even bring it up. Yeah, and it's just like friendships need a lot of work. Yeah, just like relationships do, especially given the age group that we're in right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're not teenagers. We're not in university. We're like, people are evolving. People are growing up. People are getting married. People are having babies. Like everyone is kind of on like their own life path. So I'm curious to talk to you about this a little bit because I feel like this is really common. How do you feel about friendships drifting, even though nothing really happens? There's not like a falling out, just like, Hey, I haven't, I hung out with this person every single day. And now we're like not even talking. When did that happen? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's huge. I think too, being in the space that I'm in where we have interviews with people, we're traveling a lot, like a lot of, we have really blurred lines because we work with a lot of our friends and we are like doing things with a lot of our friends. So I'll have that a lot. And when I have that, I had to really get the confidence to be like, it's not personal. It's just like a frequency thing. And right now I'm meeting with the people that I'm meant to. I'm with the people that I'm meant to. But I had a really hard time with that because I felt I would take it personally and be like, what did I do wrong? And I would spend a lot of my time and my psychic energy just thinking about that friend, wondering if I did anything wrong, wondering if there's anything I could do, wondering why they weren't reaching out. And I realized in my life, my life is so full already. It's like I was reaching and really focusing on friendships that weren't connected to me 
over the ones that were, because I'd be thinking about the ones where I didn't have a secure attachment style. You know, if we're talking about attachment styles all the time, like there was three, two friends that I have that are incredibly powerful, incredible people that love me very much, but I don't feel securely attached to them. I don't feel Mm -hmm. like they love me as much as I love them. And I don't feel like they see me in the same way I see them. So I'd think about them all the time. And I would just be like, why aren't they messaging me? I want to hang out with them. I want to do all these things. And then I'd have my really beautiful connected friendships that love me and that are always there for me that are very securely attached. Um, And so I would not worry about them. I wouldn't really call them. I wouldn't really hang out with them. I was so focused on these. And so a lot of times within female relationships and friendships, you're playing out the mother wound. So the mother wound is the wound that um, a lot of us have when we have, you know, relationships with our moms that are challenging or difficult. Um, even if you are a mom now and you have a daughter, you can have the mother wound. I think it's something we all have to a varying degree, but because of the way I grew up with a very insecure attachment style with my mom because of her mental health issues, I realized I was replaying that on these women in my life where Mm -hmm. I saw them as powerful. I saw them as um, people that maybe didn't love me as much as I loved them. And then I really wanted to find out how I could change myself, how I could act to get them to like me or see me. And that was me as a child. You know, I was trying to figure out as a child how I could get my mom to love me, to see me, to be there for me, to feel like we were connected in this way. And so how could I use my friendships as an opportunity for my healing and an opportunity for my growth? And within those friendships that are the more insecure attachment, it's nothing they did wrong. You know, it's nothing that they even know about. I did all the work internally where I would just really notice and kind of check in on my patterns so that I could have really healthy relationships with some of the women that I love. But these relationships that we have with women are so deeply healing and powerful and can be really great places for our growth if we're willing to do the work and we're willing to be honest and willing to stand up for ourselves and our truth and let those relationships go that are not aligned at the time and just trusting that they'll come back. You know, you have to love yourself enough to know I'm doing the right decision for me. I'm in alignment right now. So if this person isn't in alignment for me now, it's nothing bad for them. It's nothing bad for me, but I'm confident about my path. Yeah. I had an Akashic Records reading done like a year ago. Actually, actually would have been a year ago. And um, this was like before a couple of really big shifts um, with relationships in my life. And one of them, I could feel it happening before I spoke to her. And as soon as she said it, I knew exactly. I'm like, yeah. And she said, we're drifting. Um, no, but she said, you need to stop trying to carry people with you. Wow. The girl that you had that feeling with said that to you or the Akashic Records? No, the Akashic Records said it to me. And she said, you need to stop carrying, trying to carry people with you. And I think of the few close people in my life, because I don't have, I mean, I have a lot of acquaintances. I'm lucky to know so many people and be connected to so many people, but true friendships, very, very limited. I'm very selective. And that's just because ironically, I'm also very introverted with a lot of social anxiety. Mm-hmm. But specifically when she said that, I knew exactly what she was speaking about because I just had this vision of my life and where it was going. And all I wanted was to have that person with me at all times because I loved her so much mm-hmm. and I loved her presence so much. I love how she made me feel. She was like, we were attached. Mm-hmm. And I knew that we were drifting and I knew it was about to happen. And she was also going through a shift and we had a really big, um, you know, turn of events in our friendship and we didn't speak for about six weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, we came back, we reconnected in the fall and, um, 
nothing actually happened for us to not continue speaking. We just honestly didn't speak. Mm -hmm. And you know, when you get in your head, you're like, is she mad at me? Why should I reach out first? I didn't do anything. You're making, literally making up Mm -hmm. all of these stories, all these unnecessary stories. And I was in Italy this summer and we're both Italian and we have these like running inside jokes about Italian homes and like being in Italy and I, I'm saying like I'm talking with my hands too, <laughs> like, but like just so you guys get it, <laughs> just so you guys get it. Um, <laughs> but in Italy, all of these little things would happen, and I would just start laughing because I was like, if she was here, she would be dying. Mm-hmm. We would be having the best time. And I was sitting in my room when I started crying, and I said, it's absolutely outrageous that I've st- stood so firm in my ground to be like, well, I'm not messaging first because nothing happened. Mm-hmm. But then it was like, if you have a need for connection and nothing happened, why aren't you reaching out? Like I'm playing an equal part in this stupid game. And so I said, like, I miss you and I wish you were here and I can't stop thinking about you. And I got met with, uh, I literally don't know why I haven't messaged you. Like I've mm-hmm. thought about messaging you a million times and I didn't and something along those lines. And it's just, it it made me realize that like you were talking about, I have some friendships that we're going to go, we've gone through different phases of our lives, but I know like my girlfriend's back home in Toronto. I know I could call them at three in the morning, 10 years from now, and they would probably help me, even though I don't speak to them every day. And I don't think we acknowledge those friendships enough. Mm -hmm. Like, I think we take advantage of the fact that like, we have some friends that might be in the background that even though we're not connected to every day, they're, they're still really important relationships. But to come back together with, with my best friend, it was an interesting like shift. Um, Mm -hmm. but I know you guys did an episode on this recently about friendship breakups. And I don't think people talk about that enough, like how hard it it is to deal with that. Yeah. And you, I want to talk about that. And then I just want to make notes on what you said too. So you at the beginning where you're like, you know, I have a lot of acquaintances, but my friends are really tight. I think that's so important. And I think what happens with people is because of the internet, because everyone's a Facebook friend, because we like everything, because of this broad brush, we have access to people. We are very unclear about our friendships and who's a friend and who's not a friend, who's an acquaintance. And we can love acquaintances. We can love people that we've just met. You know, it doesn't mean they can't be your friend. But I remember being on this podcast and, you know, I've met this podcaster once and I love her. She's incredible. We're actually friends now. But at the beginning, she's like, these are my dear friends. You know, and I was thinking, I'm like, we're not dear friends. Like we are not friends. Like I've met you once. Like, and that's not being mean, but in my head, what happens in my brain is I'm like, oh, now there's an expectation that you have from me for me to do certain things, for me to check in with you, for me to do all these things. And so that was something I did the last year where I was like, I actually have in my notes app who are in my immediate intimate circle, like my deep, deep, deep circle, my closest people that have access to me at an unboundaried level, who's Mm -hmm. my second rung and who's my third rung. And this helped me to really just like understand where I'm going to spend my energy and time. And I've also had conversations with the people that are in my intimate circle, my second rung about our friendship and about where we stand and about what we expect from each other. Because I think a lot of times we go into relationships um, with girlfriends and we don't set expectations for friendships or we don't really talk about what a friend means to one another. But in a relationship, an intimate relationship, you define the relationship. You're like, we're together. That means we're not dating other 
other people. That means we're going to always be there for one another. That means you're going to be the person I go to. That means I can always expect these certain things from you. And with girlfriends, we don't ever do that. And so I've had conversations with my friends the past year, just being like, Hey, we're friends. Like I expect you to be there for me. If I'm going through something, check in with me. This is how I like to be supported. This is Mm -hmm. what I love because when we're in blurry lines, that's when we can get hurt and that's when people can get confused. And that's when you can really waste a lot of your time if you have different expectations for what friends are and people can like have so much left unsaid. But what you were saying about your friend is so important because intimacy is a risk. Like when you are looking for intimacy with someone, you have to be willing to take a risk and you sending that test, that text feels like a risk. You're like, I'm going to open my heart, say how I feel. And I don't know if she's going to reply. She could not answer. She could be mean. She could ignore me. Like there's a lot of things that could happen. And so you put yourself out there and took a risk and you decided to, you know, choose intimacy. And it's so beautiful that it was met. And that's one of the best feelings. And that's how you build a deeper connection with yourself and with other people by going out there and taking a risk. Um, But for the friendship breakups piece, I think that's huge. You know, so many of us have gone through friendship breakups. When I was unconscious, you know, I consider myself a conscious person now, but when I was more unconscious, my friendship breakups were freaking heartbreaking. You know, they were just like the most painful. A lot of them, we didn't have conversations about it until we fought. A lot of them were related to guys. A lot of them were related to um, just like um, a mismatch of goals and visions for our life. And I think a lot of us can think about friendship breakups and the ones that um, were really painful. And for a lot of us, they were actually really important for us to choose ourselves and to choose the path that we're on. Every single friendship breakup that I've had, even though it's been painful, has been helpful for my path and my growth. It's led me to more success, to more abundance, to a deeper connection with myself, to better aligned friendships. So we always have to think about that when friendship breakups happen, that in our lives, we have visions for our future. And oftentimes when we're in the period of the breakdown of the tower card of the friendship breakup, we can only think of the bad things. We can only think of how we miss them, what we did wrong, how we're going to be lonely without them, but we don't think about the opportunity. And the opportunity could be a better aligned friendship, someone that sees you, someone that loves you, someone that's really going to be more of a vibrational match for you in your higher frequency, in your more aligned state. And that's what I've found with anything in my life that those periods of the void of the time between are actually like building something better for me. Yeah. And it also gives you space. Like it's the same thing, like going back to romantic relationships. Sometimes a breakup is like the rock bottom that you need for someone to create change and then show up completely different in your life in a better way and vice versa. But sometimes that space or those breakups can actually be like those building blocks for a deeper relationship like I've had with some of my friendships. But I love what you say about the expectations because an example that I love using is I can't get mad at my boyfriend for never bringing me flowers. Yes. If I've never told him, I actually really love if you, if you would bring me flowers and like, we're sitting here testing every day. Maybe it's today. He sucks. Maybe it's today. He sucks. Oh, he doesn't get me. But again, there's so much similarity between romantic relationships and friendships with your girlfriends. You just need to be like, you can't get what you want unless you ask for what you want. 
I'm like all throat chakra, so I'm all communication. And I even remember that. <laughs> I'm blocked like, there. <laughs> oh my God, babe. <laughs> Everyone, I'm like, which is ironic because I don't You're like not. stop That's talking. But everyone's like, my, my toxic trait is what will be what kills me is that they're like, I have something to say, but I won't say it. And that's me working through like, how do I process my anger so I can say this nicely instead of being yeah. like an absolute snap show? I think like that's interesting because, yeah, and I actually, I think that's powerful because I struggle with that as well. And it's like, how much in my relationships is that anger okay? And is that anger important? Because for a lot of things, it's like, Anger is like so important. It is like, it is so important to our health, to who we are. Like it's a natural emotion. So there's the part of us that's like wants to be perfect and like process our anger on our own and come back and be like, okay, so, you know, I'm totally over it, but I want, I need to talk about this. And there's a beauty in that. Me and Lindsay do that. So in our relationship with Lindsay, my co-host and best friend, um, if we have something that comes up, you know, we've been best friends for seven, eight years now. We've had the business for over six and we have been through so much. We've traveled the world together. We have 50-50 ownership of a business. We are deeply connected in a lot of different ways. There's you know thousands of SEO links to both of us. And so we will process on our own and come together in a way that's processed. So we don't come mm -hmm. with fresh anger to one another. As an example, you know, a few years ago, I remember her messaging me something. And I was like, just replied. I'm like, I'm so activated by what you said. I need a moment. Mm -hmm. And I need to reply to you tomorrow. And her being okay with sitting in that uncomfortable feeling of hurting someone's feelings or making them mad and me being okay with going through my process of feeling anger and figuring out and sifting and sorting what is true and what's not. So in that situation, I had to feel the anger, go through the experience, and then figure out that in, a situa in some situations, Lindsay is also mirroring my mom where I feel like I want more from her. I love her so much. And when I don't feel like I'm being met, it hurts. Mm -hmm. And so how can I go through my own process of figuring out what's going on and then give her the respect to come to her more processed and say, hey, the story that I'm telling myself is that I love you more than you love me. And that when you do this, it means you don't love me. I know that's not true, but I'm curious of like what comes up for you in that situation or what did you mean when you said that to me? And so we can come to like a more productive situation and conversation where both of us have regulated nervous systems and I'm not coming hype. She's not coming hype. Now in a romantic partnership, it's a little different. It's a little bit harder, but I think for female relationships, depending on how you work or how you engage with people, it's really good to probably process your anger or express your anger, but process it on your own and come back when mm -hmm. you feel a little bit stronger. Yeah. And healthier. Yeah. I feel like not enough people feel okay with tabling a conversation. Yes. Um, I mean, being because an adult. it's that. Yeah. But we're not taught to do that, right? Like, yes. even just think of in our childhood. If your mom's mad at you, you're not, you can't be like, hey, mom. Yeah. Can we talk about this tomorrow? She'll be like, the fuck, we're talking about it tomorrow. Like, <laughs> go to your room. <laughs> yep. But what's happening um, <laughs> is people have their nervous systems are dysregulated. So your yeah. nervous system, when you feel like you did something wrong, shame, guilt, anger, your nervous system gets dysregulated. So, so often people are like, you have to reply to me now because my nervous system is telling me that something's wrong and I need to offload that anger or frustration or feeling onto you or recruit you to be dysregulated with me. And so yeah. that's being an adult and that's being in a mature relationship where you're like, whoa, I am fucking angry right now. 
and I'm going to regulate my own nervous system or I'm going to do my tools and my breath work and whatever I do to regulate myself. And then we can have a productive conversation because your amygdala or your um, prefrontal cortex is completely hijacked. You're not going to be able to say what you want to say. That's when we say things that hurt. That's when we say things we don't mean. And that's when you just get into this place where you're not having a productive conversation. So anytime I'm dysregulated, I won't engage with friends or I can engage with my husband, but I won't engage with friends because I found that it really is hurtful to our relationship because I'll say something I don't mean, or maybe they'll say something they don't really mean. And it's hard to come back from that. Yeah, it is really hard because they're usually personal jabs, like you're weaponizing words and you're making some pretty bold assumptions. And it's like, wait, is that what you actually think? Mm -hmm. Have you thought this the whole time? Yep. Like when I went through my temporary breakup with my bestie, I, you know, I, I had shared something that upset me and obviously that triggered her. Mm. And when she responded to it, she's like, how dare you think that when all I've been is like, da, 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 da. And I'm like, wait, that's literally not where I'm coming from. But now mm-hmm. do you think all these things? How long have you thought these things? It sent me down a spiral. Um, and she did say, she's like, I'm really jazz. I don't want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. And so I said, I, I'll respect that boundary, you know, like, okay, come back to me whenever you're ready. But I don't think we take advantage of that enough. And sometimes it's little things like I am, um, <laughs> I have that really neurotic, um, what's it called when you can't uh, listen to noises? Like if someone chews with their mouth open, I want to smash oh, it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Misophonia. Mm-hmm. Yes. Misophonia. And I had this one friend who would just be so animated. She would be so excited when she ate her food and I'd be sitting there at the table. I'm like, I can't get mad. I can't control that. I feel this anger, but Mm -hmm. I'm like, Mm -hmm. and I'm losing it. And it would just build up and build up. I think like, I think I waited like eight months to say something like that's a long ass time. Mm -hmm. But I'd look back to those friendships to be like, in the moment, why couldn't I just be like that sound? I can't handle it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's driving it's like, me to drink. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Or it's like self inquiry. Like, where does this come from? Like, where, where was from? the moment in my life? Was did something happen traumatic when I was hearing chewing noises? You know, I think that's what's also something that I think a lot of people miss in relationships, where they always think about the other. The other person didn't show up for me. The other person didn't, you know, wasn't there for me. The other person always took from me. The other person always chose themselves over me. And we never think about ourselves. And when we change internally and we take responsibility for not saying you to the situation, but Mm -hmm. when we take responsibility for our feelings and our energy and the way that we show up, that's when things like really, really change. And I think for tactical tips for your audience to think about the conversations you have with friends that are hard a few phrases that Lindsay and I use are, we always use the story that I'm telling myself is. Mm. And the story that I'm telling myself is really, really good because it takes the onus off your friend and back onto you. And it also creates an open space for them to clarify or get insight into the to what you're thinking in your head. Because, because of my specific set of trauma or experiences or life, I have different story sets than you do. So I have different things that I'm insecure about, that I worry about, that I get anxious about than you do, than all my friends do. So how can I like let that as a intimacy opportunity and just let them in by saying, the story that I'm telling myself is that you don't really care about this. And it really makes me feel lost or alone or all of these things. And then we also say, tell me what you think I should know. 
and tell me what I think you should, I should know is really great because it can give them a space and place to be like, Hey, I really love you, but it really bothers me when you do this. And, you know, sometimes it makes me feel like this and I would really love if this would happen. And so how can we come with better kindness and more openness to those conversations to give it an opportunity to make you closer and not more distant? Yeah. That's so important. I think just to be one of like the last things we speak about with female friendships is that, or even any of our friendships, but how do you take, like you have a, your business partner is your best friend. Mm -hmm. It's a long-term friendship where you guys probably met in your personal lives versus where you are now is just probably two different, completely different places in your lives. How do we work with our friends to evolve our friendships as we evolve? And how do we carry friendships or want to continue friendships that we need to start introducing new boundaries into when we realize our needs a little bit more? Because that's scary. It's such a, it's so scary. And I've, I've lost friends, you know, I've lost friends in the past couple years just because I have new standards for my friendships and I have new ways of operating before I would be someone that would always just ask everyone questions, make it all about them, be in full service to them. Um, just really never sharing about myself or my experience because I would just kind of make it all about them. And so when I introduced new boundaries to some friendships where I was like, you know what, I'm no longer going to be in relationship with people that um, don't prioritize my life or my experience or don't want to hear about me and what I'm going through and don't want to ask me questions, don't want to care for me in the way that I care Mm -hmm. for people, you can lose friends. And this will happen with your family. This will happen with your friends. This could happen with relationship. When you choose yourself and previously you've been choosing them, sometimes you're going to lose those people because they're not going to want to engage with you when they're like, oh my God, they're not making this all about me. They're not wanting to do everything I want to do. They're not, you know, like abandoning themselves for me. You're probably going to lose friends and you could lose them and they could come back later. But I think it's important within friendships that we always have periods where we're almost like reintroducing ourselves and really being clear about the person that we are and the work that we're doing so we can invite them in on the journey. Um, so this could be having a conversation where you're like, Hey, you know, it no longer works for me that, um, you know, you don't call me back after a week when I really needed you that no longer works for me. And if it's something that you know, you're going to continue to do, I love you so much, but I really need people that I know are going to be there for me being honest, being kind, being direct, but really being there for the journey and the evolution and knowing that I would rather be alone than be in any misaligned relationships. Like it is better to be alone than to be with people that are not aligned. Yeah. And the older I've gotten and the more connected I've gotten to self and quality relationships, my bottom line, non-negotiable, it's so simple, but like reciprocity in all areas of my life because I am someone who will give. I genuinely love giving to the people around me, whether it's a gift, whether it's a little I thought of you, whether, you know, my ex isn't feeling well. He's in Europe right now. He's sick. I Amazon package him like something for his sinuses. That's just how I like Mm -hmm. to show up for people in my life, in my life. But it's become my bottom line. Like if there's no reciprocity, I'm not here for it. Mm -hmm. And not because like I need something in return, not because I want to keep score, but it's like, that's just, I just want really fulfilling, interactive, engaged relationships. 
I think too, it's interesting because it's like when we say that, because I catch myself saying it's like not because I need something, but it's like, yeah. it's not bad for you to have needs. Oh, totally. Like, it's actually good that you have needs and good you have standards. And I think your examples are beautiful. And, and even thinking about too, when we get to know our friends and we are with our friendships and our relationships, like what's their love language? Yeah. Just like we would do in a relationship that's romantic, learning our friend's love language is beautiful. Like you you love gifts. Like you love to really surprise people with beautiful gifts and let them know that you're thinking of them in that way. My love language is quality time and mm-hmm. um, even physical touch. Like I love to like hug my friends. I love to like be with them. And so understanding your friends on that level that you'd understand a partner that's romantic is important. And that's something that me and Lindsay have really done because we've had such access to so many incredible guests and resources and people that we use a lot of the tools on each other that we've learned through the show. So that Mm -hmm. could be things like um, the attachment styles or that could be things like the love languages. And that helps us show up for our friends better and understand them in a way where they know that we love them because we're treating them in the way that they understand and can receive love. Totally. I think that's so important. And understanding that your love languages can also be different from your romantic partnerships to your friendships, because I find that like in a romantic setting, touch is like number one. But when I'm with my girlfriends, I'm like, I don't want to be touched. It's really weird actually, but it's like, it's, yeah, yeah, but it's interesting. The Okay. Last thing, cause I feel like this is important and you touched on it super quickly at the beginning, but it's not easy to migrate into groups of friends. And I think sometimes, especially when you're in the public eye or you're someone like me who puts her whole life on the internet, energy is magnetic. So when Mm -hmm. you're putting something out there, you're, you're a bright light that's shining. You're obviously going to attract people to be like, Oh, I want to be a part of that. And it's a beautiful thing Mm -hmm. to be able to create that. But It is so hard. And that's the number one question I think I get from people. And it came through a lot in the question box yesterday before when I asked about people dropping questions for our episode. How the fuck do I find female friends? Like, Mm -hmm. it's so hard because I feel like I would sound like such a mean girl to be like, no, you can't just come into my Mm -hmm. circle of friends because that just sounds like a horrible mean thing to say. But there's also so much like, work that's been done to create this sacred space of friendships. Mm -hmm. So as we get older and we're kind of a bit more set in our ways where it's not that we're not open to people coming into a group of friends. I think that we're just not necessarily looking Mm -hmm. for like expansion in our circles. So you can have someone, let's say like moving to a new city maybe, or like not feeling fulfilled in their friendships. What are some ways that you recommend actually finding new friends, especially like in your thirties? Yeah, it's huge. I would say first, like, how are we avoiding or not taking into consideration the friendships that we do have? Mm -hmm. And how can we kind of evaluate those? Like, because I think a lot of times people will ask me that and people ask you that. And it's like, a lot of people have friends that like probably want more from them or probably want to engage with them more. So is it something where you're not feeling connected to people? You feel hurt by them? you're avoiding a conversation about the relationship that you could potentially have that you're kind of just looking for more friends to kind of fill the void because Mm -hmm. you don't want to say the hard thing or, you know, put effort into a relationship. So thinking about your actual friends right now and how you can love them more and how you can be for them more and how you can really be more deeply connected so that you can support yourself in that way. 
And then for finding more aligned friendships, I think this is huge. And especially if you're on a personal growth journey or a spiritual journey, you are going to go through evolutions of yourself and therefore evolutions of the relationships in your life. And so what I would do is get really clear on like what you're looking for. Because I think people are like, I'm looking for friends new friends. And they could just be kind of looking at people on Instagram that are in communities or friendships. And they're like, I want that. And it's like, what about that do you want? And that's, it's good to just understand. It's like, are you looking for people to go party with? Are you looking for people to go hiking with? Are you looking for people that are interested in health and wellness or interested in all of these things? And just having a clear understanding of what it is that you're looking for. And maybe even going to the feeling. Like, I want to feel like um, people get me, or I want to feel like I'm seen, or I want to feel like I'm supported or understood. And so after going to what about the friendships that you're seeing that you want going to the feeling and how in your life, can you help yourself to feel seen, understood, supported, all of those things that you're desiring in your current life? Maybe that's with your romantic partner. Maybe that's with your family. Maybe that's with your coworkers, whatever that is, try and cultivate that feeling for yourself as much as possible. And then really just doing things that you love. You know, I've gotten the most friends in my life by doing things that I love, by being in work that I love, by being on purpose. And the more that I chose myself, you know, the more that I chose my own joy and my own love and my own, you know, life, the more I had people magnetized to me, but it doesn't mean I didn't go through rocky periods where I lost friends and I lost people because I was transitioning out of my old previous life to a life that I loved. Yeah. It's so funny. It's like really interesting because sometimes I'll do the straight up DM. Like I was in Spain, I went to Europe solo this summer Mm -hmm. and I like went on Raya (laughs) and I'm like, I need, I need to see what honeys are around me. Like I know Mm -hmm. people are on here looking for like men, I'm like, mm-hmm. I need to see what honeys are around me. And I'm like on my phone. I'm like, she looks fucking cool. I want to be your friend. Slid into her okay. DMs. I'm like, can you take me under your wing in Barcelona? Um, so yeah, I think it's like being open and putting yourself out there as well. Yes. But I think what you said is literally the missing piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think, especially for me, and I'm, I'm sure you feel the same thing, the more aligned that I got with myself and the more I connected to my intuition and understood how to lean into my body, literally telling me answers. I can instantly Mm -hmm. feel when someone has like a leachy energy. I'm like, you want something from me versus someone who truly wants to connect. And not to say that that's that person's intention when they're sending me a message. But once you're like, I, because I can read energy, I'm just like, I can feel it. It's the weirdest thing. I don't know if that makes sense, but. It hundred percent does. And that's the thing is vibes don't lie. You know, when you're with someone and I've had that so often where I'm like, you know what, this person just isn't for me. Like there's, that happens all the time in my life and my work where someone wants to be friends with me and maybe they want to be friends with me because of what I can do for their career or what I can do for them. Or maybe they really think I'm cool. Who knows? But I oftentimes will just listen to my body, listen to my gut. Like, do I feel safe with them? Do I feel comfortable? Do I feel like I can be myself? And just following that. And then also following that when it feels good. You know, just like, whoa, I feel so expansive around them. I feel happy around them. I want more of that. So following your heart and listening to your gut. And then I would say just for people that are curious about how to get more aligned, because I think we talk about that all the time where we're like, get more aligned and find more friends. You get more aligned (laughs) by like doing the work of 
getting to know yourself. And that's yeah. through inquiry, that's through journaling, that's through therapy, that's through meditation, that is through EMDR. Doing that things is that make you happy. Yes, doing things that make yeah. you happy and really like letting go of old stories and old programming and old beliefs to find more of who you truly are and not who, you know, maybe people want or think you should be. Yeah. I love that. Wow. We spoke about so many awesome things today. (laughs) And this this episode was, is so overdue. I can't tell you the number of times people have asked to do it. And you know what, like you talked to it at the beginning, sometimes it just falls into your lap. Like I'm happy that I held out on this episode because I think you were an awesome person to have this convo with. Um, Mm -hmm. But before we head off, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you guys, what you're up to, Personally, professionally, all the good things. (laughs) Yes. So Almost 30, wherever you listen to podcasts, it is a podcast about um, transitions, evolution, spirituality, wellness. Um, We have over 500 episodes. And then Morning Microdose is our new podcast that is basically like five to 10 minutes, no ads, nothing, just the best of the best quotes, insights, strategies, tools from some of our favorite guests. Um, Almost 30 podcast on Instagram, almost 30 podcast on TikTok, almost 30.com. And then I'm on Instagram at it's Krista. Amazing. And I'll link all that in the show notes for you guys listening to, to easily access it. But thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. And hopefully we can be friends in real life. <laughs> yes. Come to LA. I'm with you. We had our, we okay, had our perfect <laughs> conversation. We're like all good. We passed the test. Okay. Perfect. Vibe check. <laughs> yes. Vibe check. Thanks thank girl. You. Talk to you later. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Unfiltered with Allie. Just a friendly reminder that I have new episodes that drop every single week, including some bonus content called Honey Check, co-hosted with my best friend, Jenna Garrow, where we catch up for some classic girl talk. If you like what you heard, please be sure to subscribe to the show. And of course, leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. Not only do I love hearing what you guys think of the episodes, but it helps support the show so much. Lastly, be sure to connect with me over on Instagram at, at Unfiltered with Allie. You'll be able to access a ton of extra content from each of the episodes, slide into my DMs, and you can find the link for my free online Facebook community. This is designed for inspiring badass women all around the world. I can't wait to chat with you next week. Bye.